the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. Welcome to the interview with Hugh Hewitt, sponsored by AndrewandTodd.com. Andrew and Todd are with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. They help you with all your real estate lending needs. If you're refinancing your home, if you're buying a new home, if you're a senior who wants a reverse mortgage, if you're a veteran who doesn't want to put any money down, whatever it is, if you're in the private real estate market for yourself, and maybe you want an investment property, try AndrewandTodd.com or call 888 Now on to the interview with Hugh Hewitt. The interview today with Hugh Hewitt is with Michael Ferris, CEO, President of Alliance Defending Freedom. If you want to support this organization, you head to ADFlegal.org slash Hugh. And you should be going there to ADFlegal.org all the time to find out what is happening with religious liberty in the United States. Michael is uh, succeeding a legend, Alan Sears. And I thought it was the toughest job in America to come after Alan. And you've done it. You've pulled it off. The best year for religious liberty in my adult life, Michael. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we can't take sole credit for that by any means, but uh, we're part of the of the effort, and we just really appreciate how God's blessed. Let's talk a little bit for the people who do not know what ADF does. You are the subject of a lot of adverse publicity, a lot of attacks. The left hates ADF, not only because of what you stand for, but because you're good. Tell us a little bit about what your mission is. ADF uh, works on five issues, but the central purpose is we call it to keep the doors open for the gospel, Uh, the the freedom to preach the gospel, the freedom to live the gospel. And the five areas that we work on are religious freedom, right to life, uh, freedom of speech, um, what I call sexual sanity, and parental rights. And so uh, those those areas get into uh, into a, a lot of different issues. We do it both in the United States primarily, but we have a substantial, about 55 uh, team members that work internationally with five offices in Europe. So we do this same kind of litigation uh, in Europe. Uh, there's a, For example, we're defending a member of parliament in Finland right now who's being criminally prosecuted for tweeting out a tweet to her own church that participated in a pride parade saying, why are you being proud of something that God calls sin? And uh, uh, and so we're we're helping to defend her there, and so we 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 do this kind of work all over the world. I tell people the United States is a freedom country, and ADF is a freedom organization. Now I know listening right now is Archbishop Charles Shapu, the retired Archbishop of Philadelphia. He listens every day, and he's a friend. And of course, you represented uh, Catholic social services in a critical win this year, CSS versus City of Philadelphia. I love that case because it represents to me. And I don't think we're celebrating enough. I said to one of your lawyers, if you don't take a victory lap, nobody knows you can win. Right. It's 9-0, and all I hear is our people, as, as my editor at the Washington Post says to me, why are conservatives always eager to declare defeat? That was a huge win, Mike Ferris, a big win. It was. Uh, it was argued by uh, the Beckett Fund. Right. We, we, were, we were amicus in that case, helped in the case. But, uh, yeah, it was a win. And the, the biggest part of the win is the, it was 9-0. And it was a 9-0 saying – that the Catholic Church wins over the gay uh, claims uh, in that, that the, the gay rights community 
doesn't get to control whether you're not you be faithful to your to your religion. And so that's that's a huge win. Now, you know, there, there's always hope for even a bigger win. But but that was a that was a good thing, a very good thing. Yeah, I, I, I have been reading the concurrence of Justice Barrett. No, I hope is listening. I don't know for sure. Some justices listen every day. And the concurrence, which I went over with your your colleagues a couple of times, raises five questions that I'd like you to ask, Michael, because you've been litigating before you came to ADF to run ADF. You've been in the trenches for a long time yeah. for homeschoolers, for uh, uh, colleges and universities across the United States. So you're in a position to answer this. The justice says there would be a number of issues to work through if Smith Employment Division versus Smith was overruled. To name a few, should entities like Catholic Social Services, which is an arm of the Catholic Church, be treated differently than individuals? Should there be a distinction between indirect and direct burdens on religious exercise? What forms of scrutiny should apply? And if the answer is strict scrutiny, would pre-Smith cases rejecting free exercise challenges to garden variety laws come out the same way? How do you generally answer the justice, Mike Ferris, from your long experience on religious liberty? Well, I helped write the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. I was the co-chairman of the drafting committee, and I think that that uh, uh, encapsulates the the right view of the pre-Smith law. And and so uh, the compelling interest test is is applicable because this is a fundamental right. It's at the pinnacle of rights. There should be. Uh, no question that religious freedom gets the highest legal standard that that our courts employ, and uh, so that that's the compelling interest, uh, strict scrutiny doctrine, and uh, and so I think that the the you know RIFRA effectively uh, contains all the uh, all those answers uh, to all those questions, and so you know would they come out exactly the same? Um, maybe maybe yes, maybe no, um, but this, it's the right standard. Uh, we, we, we treat religious freedom at the pinnacle. Your colleague, David Corbin, articulated that the parade of horribles that the justice is asking people to contest never materializes. It's right. actually he, he analogized free speech litigation. The court will have to come up with a couple of decisions here and there. Right. But generally speaking, once you've anchored the law in strict scrutiny, the government conforms to avoiding the third rail of discrimination. Exactly right. Uh, and you know the, the the anti-discrimination laws by definition are statutory. The First Amendment is constitution, and and the the fundamental question was answered back in the founding that, that the Constitution and not these civil rights statutes is the supreme law of the land. And so when you have a clash between the statutory right and the constitutional right, it should come out pretty easily that the Constitution prevails. Now, you are not alone out there. You mentioned the Beckett Fund, but you are by far the largest and the yes. most people turn to you. And whenever I've had a friend or a church or an organization run into trouble, I will immediately get on my speed dial to ADF. And it's because you do look at every case. You can't yeah. take every case. Right. But how many cases does the Alliance Defending Freedom work on? Well, we have uh, two levels of working on them. The one that, that our staff lawyers do, and we have about 90 active cases at any point in time. And uh, we look at about 3,000 uh, cases a year, and uh, we are able to farm out a fairly significant number of those to our 3,500 approximately allied attorneys. And uh, some of those will take the cases purely pro bono. Others that we, we have a grants program that we do. So we uh, are able to underwrite a portion of what they would normally charge, but not the full amount. And so between those things, we, we take probably double uh, the number, you know, probably more like closer to 200 
uh, cases when you count what the allied attorneys are able to do and what we are able to do as staff. So, uh, and, and it's, um, you know, we do legal matters, which are things that we can solve with a letter. And uh, and so we, we often do that. And there are hundreds of those. I, 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 I couldn't give you an exact number, but uh, there are hundreds. Well, sometimes of those. people just you know, you get, they get stuck on stupid to quote Russell yeah. Honore. Yeah. And uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, is one of those where yeah. you, you open a public forum. I got a note yesterday. I won't tell you from whom. State yeah. Supreme Court Justice yeah. who heard your lawyer talking about uh, the Loudoun County case and could not believe that the school district is pursuing. That. Because they open up a, a public forum, someone participates, and then they punitively yeah. strike. It's just so crazy, yeah. Michael Ferris. Yeah, I have a friend who's a retired federal judge, and uh, he's fully retired, not senior status. And he called me after hearing about the case and said, does the school district actually have lawyers? You know, it, it's not a close call. Uh, the uh, uh, And that's where I live. I live in Loudoun County. And so... Uh, a friend of Tanner Cross, you know, was on the phone to me within 15 minutes after the, the district uh, had made his decision to uh, to punish him. And and so I, I was on the phone to him within a half an hour of that. And we were able to to help him. And it was, it's great. It was great to be in the courtroom uh, to listen to um, our, our, our lawyers argue the case. And uh, we're going to we're going to go after it. And uh, uh, during we, my 30 years of private practice, I would occasionally do a pro bono church work with a zoning board. And I would present the facts and say, you simply cannot take the action you took under even like an eighth grade understanding of the free exercise clause. You cannot do that. And they would pursue it. And I wonder, do we need to win some attorney's fees verdicts? Do we need yeah. to get some some way to teach lawyers? It's not cost free to trample on religious liberty. Well, yes. And, and wherever we can. I mean, the case I argued in the Supreme Court uh three years ago against the state of California when they tried to force pro-life pregnancy centers to stop uh, their effective work by putting up this uh, pretense of a, of, a, of a rule that said you've got to advertise for abortions during the, the course of, of, of bringing a client on, on board and tell them they, they can go get a free abortion from the state of California, which, of course, they knew that they would never do it. It was just a, a way of trying to shut them down. Uh, and we won that five to four in the Supreme Court, and we had just just under slightly under a million dollars of attorneys' fees that we had were able to to collect from the state of California. And yeah, we needed to keep doing that. And uh, you see, I, the state of California is great to get the money from them, yeah. but that vanishes into Javier Becerra's small change. Right. It's these little cities right. that need to actually. I, I hate to have people penalized. They need to sue lawyers for malpractice. Yeah. If they get this kind of like Loudoun County is being advised by a lawyer who is opening themselves up to claims of malpractice. Well, uh, we got to we got to win the case first. And I, I, I feel real good about our chances in the Virginia Supreme Court. Uh, you know, we, of course, won in the, the circuit court there. And uh, Justice Plowman did a tremendous job of paying attention. It was it was it was just great to see a, a, uh, an alert Evidence, uh, a weighing law, knowledgeable uh, uh, trial judge. It was, it was, uh, it was a great hearing to, to be a part of. You know, Mike Ferris. Unlike me, you're a real litigator. Uh, I, you know, I've been in court like three times in my life. I didn't even know which side of the room to stand on. I'm an administrative lawyer, and so do you miss the fray? I mean, you're running this huge organization yeah. now. We're going to talk about the number of people and how to keep it moving. ADFLegal.org/slash/hugh. But do you miss the litigation fray? Yeah, I do. In in fact, we we are going to expand um, our litigation efforts in education. 
Uh, we're, we're looking to uh, create a series of probably about four test cases on the combination of critical race theory and critical gender theory, where they're teaching effectively another religion. Uh, Bill Barr made a speech for us uh, in May where he argued that that violates the Establishment Clause. And we think that uh, he was arguing that oh, interesting. It, it is another religion. And thus violates the Establishment Clause. And I think that there's an argument, a good argument for that. But but there's a second component of the Establishment Clause, and that is you can't denigrate another religion. So either either of those things, and I think it's easier to prove both factually and conceptually for a judge to say that they're not being neutral toward religion and thus violate the Establishment Clause by denigrating Christianity, denigrating other uh, regular religions, as opposed to this woke theology that, that they've got going on. And But in addition, we think that there's a good free exercise argument, a good parental rights argument, good statutory arguments on violations of uh, racial equality principles in the in the, in our law. And so we're getting ready to do that. And I will help that litigation more directly. Uh, and uh, I, I was, I've been telling people that uh, in 30 plus years of doing homeschool cases, I, I learned that I don't care what the legal rules actually are on the burdens of proof. It was the burden of proof on me in the, initially to t- convince the judge the kids are okay. And once I kids convinced the judge the kids were okay, then he would listen to my theories. She would listen to my theories. Now, I wouldn't win every time, but the, if I didn't convince him that the kids were okay, the judge would never listen to my theories. Well, it's the flip side on this. We're going to be able to convince the, the, the judges, and we will do our very best to show them the kids are not okay, that what they're doing to kids is just evil. Uh, teaching little little white kids, for example, that they are by the, the, the virtue of their skin color, that they are responsible for all these evils of the past. They are oppressors and thus evil. And, of course, you see uh, the alternative being taught that the only way you can escape being an oppressor as a little white kid is to change your gender. So you want to know why there's an explosion of transgender uh, cases going on in schools? They're, they're giving the kids a way out of being in the oppressor. They, they, you can be a victim. You can be one of the victim heroes if you change your sexuality. So you can either be gay or you can be transgender, and now you're a hero because you're a victim too. I have to read uh, General Barr's speech, yeah. but you and I date to when the crits arrived on the shores of legal academia, yeah. and they were a small and not very seriously taken bunch. Duncan Kennedy leading the landing party at Harvard Law School yeah. in the late 70s. And... Uh, I look forward to that deposition because the honest-to-gosh Marxists will claim that they are honest-to-gosh Marxists. They they never hit it. They've never, ever, ever hit it. And uh, today's iterative version of the original crits, who are now CRT and and CGT, the CLT was bigger, and it was Marxist, and everyone knew it, and nobody wanted them near their faculties. Now they're everywhere, and they brought their destructive form of academic totalitarianism with them. So if you fight that battle, people will rally to you. And they can join at adflegal.org slash you. Get involved. My question is, do do you see daylight for the majoritarian? I believe you you represent majoritarian Americans on all this stuff. I I think they're 80-20 issues. 90-10 issues, maybe. Maybe 95-5 issues, uh, especially on Title VII stuff, Uh, Title IX stuff. Do you see that in the media covering it? (laughs) No. 
Um, I mean, you, yes, uh, but the, you know, the mainstream media um, is the cheerleader for the critical race theory. You know, they've decided that they're going to deny that it's a thing. And, you know, the Washington Post has picked it up. This is the, you know, this is the the current boogeyman of the the right. The, The Loudoun County parents do not agree. And, and uh, you know, the, my neighbors that are, are not philosophically oriented, they're just kind of down the middle of the road, civic minded, but uh, not particularly religious necessarily. And uh, people that I know in the community, they're just incensed at, at what's going on in, in the schools. And the idea that the Washington Post and others are trying to sell that, you know, it's not really a thing. And, you know, it's just telling the truth about the the past isn't isn't going to be received the public and it's, it's damaging their credibility you know the conservatives don't believe them anymore anyway but it's damaging their credibility with kind of the middle of the road we're, no, we're, absolutely and and so it's it's uh, you, you can't you can't change the homework the yeah. homework comes home in the backpack and the homework is what the homework is and my kids are, are grown and adults so i don't have to do this anymore but i do know Grandkids are going to have to go to school at some point. They're younger right now. So I don't know what they're going to be taught wherever they are. And the the reality is parents know. Parents know. And parents want their kids to be healthy and ready to learn by the time they enter the workforce. Yeah. This is the bottom line yeah. dream is to launch every child, right? That's yeah. the bottom line yeah. dream. And if they're full of nonsense, they're not going to get jobs. Yeah. I, I, I've... I've uh had conversations with Glenn Youngkin, the Republican candidate for governor of Virginia, and said, look, if you just simply say this sentence over and over again, you will be the next governor. And that is that it's time to get the politics out of the, of the public schools and go back to academics, get the sexual politics out, the racial politics, out, whatever the politics are, it's time to go back to academics. And the vast, vast, vast majority of Virginians and Americans agree with that. You know, Glenn Youngkin was a frequent visitor on this show, and I declared for him after he did one thing. He took on the decision to eliminate advanced math classes before the 11th grade. And my eyes went wide. Now, I am I don't have the math gene. I got through high yeah. school calculus, but I never got close to it again. And I don't balance the checkbook. Fetching Mrs. Hewitt does all that stuff because math and I are not friends. But I have seen brilliant, including one of my kids, brilliant mathematician. And I saw a fourth grader go to high school with one of my kids' friends. And I can't imagine holding back children for equity issues. That's not equity. Yeah. That's destructive. Yeah, it's, it's it's equity is so destructive of kids in, in the in the American dream. We're about equality, not equity. Uh, equity means tearing people down if, if, if you don't like where they are. Equality means everybody gets a, gets a chance to be victorious. I want to cover a couple more things with you, Mike Ferris, before we run out of time. Alliance Defending Freedom is often the target of hate speech, lies, slanders, malicious attacks, and online calumny. It never slows you down. And I've been so proud to be a part of your conferences for a decade and will always do because you're a freedom group. Um, has it gotten worse or better? To be, because people don't want to tangle with you anymore in court. Yeah. They know. Well, it, it, I mean, the, the, the left, uh, particularly the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, hasn't given up by any means. Uh, and they, they have intensified their attacks, but fewer people believe them. And so uh, the, the problem is that the uh, woke corporate 100 Wall Street types 
are following them and they're, they're, they're fellow travelers, frankly, uh, with them. And, and that's concerning. And so average grassroots Americans are, it, it's, it's not that effective, but the, you know, the fact that, uh, Microsoft doesn't treat us properly and Facebook doesn't treat us properly and Google doesn't treat us properly and Amazon doesn't treat us pop- properly is all a derivative of that they're in league with Southern Poverty Law Center. Now you are in the combined federal campaign, correct? Yes. And so any organization that is using the federal government standards has to realize that the Alliance Defending Freedom is legit by those standards. I created those rules in 1987. Those Mm -hmm. rules are hard for bad groups to get past. They're hard for fraudulent groups to get past. Not impossible. There are some frauds out there that that are uh, basically fake packs. But ADF is so good. I can't imagine people wanting to tangle with you anymore because you're so good. Well, that's very kind of you. Uh, And, you know, uh, I I think I'd like you to uh, call up some some governments and and let them know. But, um, you know, we we do have a a, a good record of winning. And in constitutional litigation, as you know, it's it's hard to win. You know, if, if you don't lose sometimes in constitutional litigation, you're not trying enough. But uh, we have had it, over the years about a, an eighty percent victory uh, rate, and you know that's you know uh, we work hard, we try to do our very best, and we rely on the blessing of God ultimately. You do not imagine persecution, which is important because there's real persecution. You don't imagine it. Number two, you do not take marginal cases. As Rex Lee used to say, when I was at Justice, you have to count to five before you go up to Supreme Court. Show me how I win. And you win. What are you, 13 and 0 in 10 years? No, we've lost one. Okay, 13 and 1 in 10 years. Well, that's okay. If you're not losing, you're not swinging enough. Now, I I, want to finish by going back to two cases, Bostock and Fulton. You went on the shadow docket. Very important decisions. Attorney General Barr said on this show when he was still the Attorney General that the shutdowns were getting close to an America he did not recognize, that there is a fundamental liberty interest in people being able to move about their houses freely. I think that was established by the shadow docket cases. But Bostock is a problem. Yes. And Justice Gorsuch may not have known what he did, but it's been run with by the left into beyond the employment context into all sorts of contexts. Do you think Bostock is living on borrowed time? I don't think, I think Justice Barrett's going to disagree with him, and I think he may change his mind. Well, I hope you're right. Uh, I mean, of course, the Biden administration is is applying Bostock to a whole lot of areas where the Supreme Court said we're not going there yet, and we, we you know we were reserving these areas. and And technically, Bostock picked up the peculiar phrasing um, uh, because of sex, and not all the civil rights statutes say because of sex. You know, on account of sex, sex discrimination, different phrasing, and they were they were said they were interpreting a phrase rather than the word sex, and and so that limitation uh, is not being honored uh, by the Biden administration, and we're litigating cases that are going to test that. Uh, the uh, the case with uh, the College of the Ozarks in particular. We is, talked about that last is, hour. Is, is, uh, uh, yeah, is, is one of those. And maybe, I mean, uh, I, um, I generally think well of Justice Gorsuch. Uh, and so maybe. Uh, Tunnel vision takes over sometimes. Sometimes. And, and yeah. I remember the concurrence by Chief Justice Roberts in Citizens United. If a decision does not settle the law, but in fact, unsettles the law. You've got to revisit the decision, not the yeah. laws. Yeah. And that, to me, is what is going on here. Yeah. Secondly, Fulton, Justice Breyer joined the Barrett concurrence in all but the first paragraph. 
he knows the rules have to change. I think ADF will be vital in in persuading the court what the rules ought to be. Have you got an academic side? I mean, you're the best litigators in the world on religious liberty. Do you have an academic side that is trying to think through how to phrase it? We we are t- talking about that, and and we um, we regularly work with uh, people like you and and others that are you know. Uh, uh, Teaching at, at various, you know, at some really good law schools, and and the people that have had that, uh, uh, you know, solicitor general office kind of experience, and so we're we're working in collaboration with people, but we we are actively working on uh, Justice Barrett's questions. See, um, this is above my pay grade. Yeah. I, I'm running around doing daily broadcast yeah. and journalism, and I don't litigate anymore, and I teach when I can. But we need the biggest brains yeah. to articulate the test and the answers to the question. We need lay people as yeah. well. The Constitution was written by lay people for lay yeah. people. It's not supposed to be hard. Is it, Mike Ferris? It is not hard. And and the one thing that, uh, you know, that uh, the trend that frankly distresses me and the, and the decision that just came uh, down in in the uh, um, the, 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 the Thomas More uh, case um, where they said, well, you know, this test doesn't apply in, in this context. They, they're, they're creating so many different tests. It's all Supreme Court made up uh, differentials. And so, uh, you know, if we're going to go back to the, the standard, well, there's fundamental rights and non-fundamental rights, something that the founders never thought of. The founders thought they were all fundamental. Right, yeah. yeah. And and so, but but nonetheless, I can live with the the two tiers, and when there's so many splintered tests, it's just more and more Supreme Court made up rules. And I think they should, you know, go go away from that and go toward clearly articulated rules and the highest level of protection for our rights. I mean, when should the government get an exception to a constitutional right? Well, the answer is not very often. If ever. Yeah. I, w- I want to close by talking about. Uh, parental rights, because the collapse of public education is everywhere on display and accelerating rapidly. And I believe we will see a massive shift to homeschooling and private schooling rapidly. And we will see resistance by teachers unions that depend upon money to stay in business. So um, how secure are the precedents that are 100 years old about the parents' ability to control the education of their children. You litigated this front line forever. How secure are those precedents? Can they be expanded? Will they be defended? Well, they certainly will be defended, uh, both by ADF and Homeschool Legal Defense Association and others. Um, And I think with the current makeup of the Supreme Court, I feel like we're in in good shape uh, on that issue. Um, But there is an assault uh, in the making. uh, the, the the recent uh, former dean of Northwestern University, Kimberly Urocco, re- has written an article attacking the ability to homeschool. Um, Martha Albertson Finneman at Emory Law School has argued that all private education should be stopped in this country since, so that we can force kids to be indoctrinated in her worldview. Um, uh, uh, the uh, Elizabeth Barthlett at Harvard University has argued that Christian parents who have a worldview contrary to her should not be allowed to direct the education of their children, but should be required to have their children taught in her worldview. So when you have, and they're not alone, I could go on, when you have a number of professors teaching the next generation of uh, the elites in the law these principles, the long-term prospects 
are dangerous and we don't stand up and defend them. Well, that's why I brought up yeah. Duncan Kennedy and the crits from yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah. We thought they were a peculiar and and somewhat forlorn group of tattered Marxists, right? You know, on, on Ronald Reagan was out declaring the end of the evil empire. Right. Here they are running the show. They run the rules right now. That's and right. so because we weren't looking. So there's an existential threat in the form of homeschooling and private schools and charter schools to public education teacher union. They're not going to go gently into the night. They will not. But for 40 years, homeschoolers, this small little band, faced down the teachers union in state after state after state. They were the most powerful group in every state legislature. And slowly, but steadily, over about 25-year period, homeschoolers won. It, it shows the power of a dedicated minority who's doing the right thing by kids, being able to convince elected officials and judges that they're in the right and the teachers union is in the wrong. But it also demonstrates with clarity the power of God. Protect the kids, protect religious liberty, join ADF, uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. And you can do that at ADFlegal.org slash you. Michael Ferris, thanks for having me back again. It's always an honor and a pleasure to work with you. And congratulations on a great year. May you have another one that's even better. Thank you, Hugh. God bless you. Appreciate you and your friendship. Thank you. That concludes today's episode of the interview with Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening. Make sure you come back and check out all the other podcasts on the Salem Podcast Network. And remember to thank our sponsors, andrewandtodd.com. If you believe in long-form interviews like I do, then do your real estate transactions with Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian. I've known both men for a long time. Andrewandtodd.com. Go there, answer a couple of questions. They'll tell you what's best to do with your house or call them at 888-888-1172. You'll be glad you did and you'll be glad that you listened to the next episode of The Interview.